Hi, this is Carrie Brownstein. This is DJ Premier. This is Darren Aronofsky. You got the Rizzo right here. Rose McGowan. Right here. Aisha Tyler. A tribe Called Quest. Fred Armisen. Prince Paul. Javier Munoz, Seth Meyers. Frankie Cosmos. Flying Lotus. Hi, we're Haim, and you're listening to the Talk House Podcast. Ow! What's up? What is up? I'm your host, Elia Einhorn, here in Brooklyn, New York. Joining us from Chicago, Illinois, the one, the only... The executive editor, Josh Modell. What's up, Elia? Hey, hey, man. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for that introduction. That felt really good today. Bubala, you deserve it. Aww. Listen, you put together a very cool show for this week. Allison Mossart in conversation with Devendra Banhart. How'd this come together? Well, we knew Devendra had a record coming out, and we were trying to think of somebody great to pair with him because he's such an interesting, unusual dude. So ended up kind of talking to his people a little bit and came up with Allison Mossart because the two kind of have a lot in common. They really do. They're both multi-hyphenate artists, perhaps best known to TalkHouse listeners for their musical output, right? Allison fronts The Kills and Dead Weather. Devendra is a prolific singer-songwriter, but they're also painters. They're also writers. These two are all over the map. Yeah, they're both, to put it in a silly way, kind of well-rounded artists. And as we learn, they're both really into skateboarding. They're both really into skateboarding. Now, you quickly mentioned Devendra has just released his new LP, Ma. That came out last Friday, as you all are listening to this. And Allison just put out her new book called Karma, C-A-R, new word, M-A. That's full of photography, painting, poetry, and short stories all about cars. She loves cars. She loves cars. Allison's had an incredible musical career. She was in a punk band in Florida called Discount way back when, but definitely got better known as one half of The Kills in the early aughts, which is a duo with Allison on vocals and Jamie Hintz on guitar. In 2009, I think her profile was raised even higher when she was drafted into Jack White's supergroup Dead Weather. She's also sung on songs by Foo Fighters, Gang of Four, Cage the Elephant, Arctic Monkeys. She's in demand for good reason, because she has an incredible voice. She does, and her stage presence is just fucking killer. Listeners, I want to play you a track from 2016's Ash and Ice. That's the Kills' last record. Check out Doing It to Death. She's a fucking rocker. Yeah, and since then, you know, she's been concentrating on other things, including this book, which came out through an imprint called Dover Street Market. But there is a deluxe version of Karma coming out on Jack White's Third Man Books sometime soon. We don't know exactly when, but she does talk about how it's going to be quite deluxe. And coming out sometime before Christmas for all your gifting needs. Perfect. Now, Devendra's also released a book of his visual work, memorably titled, I Left My Noodle on Ramen Street incredibly silly title for an incredibly amazing book full of his artwork and poetry and he left his noodle on ramen street he can't <laughs> argue with that really you can't argue with that Devendra's shown his artwork at major museums and on the music side he's worked with everyone from beck to oasis this guy like allison quite a career Devendra's new record, Ma, is sung in both English and Spanish and was very inspired by his relationship to the country he was born and raised in. That's Venezuela. 
Yeah, it's a great record. And as he gets older, you know, he was kind of known as the king of the freak folk scene. He's a little less freaky, a little more folky. I feel like this new record, Ma, is a little more accessible. For sure, for sure. And, and there's some beautiful arrangements. We've got strings, woodwinds, keys, brass. I can't wait to see him play this record live. Now, for his autumn tour in support of Ma, he's doing something really cool. He's partnering with Plus One so that one buck from every ticket sold here in the States goes to World Central Kitchen. That's an organization founded by Nobel Peace Prize-nominated chef Jose Andres to fight hunger around the world. WCK is currently responding to the crisis on the Colombia-Venezuelan border, which is something that's really been close to Devendra's heart. As he said in the press release around his new record, there's this helplessness, this place that has been a mother to you, that you're a mother to as well, and it's suffering so much. There's nothing you can do but send out love and remain in that sorrowful state. I love that artists are doing this more and more, where they're just basically, you know, tacking an extra buck on the ticket, raising awareness for something that they're really interested in, and raising money. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you're already paying a hundred different kinds of fees. You might as well pay one that can make you feel good. Shouts Chance the Rapper, who did that for Chicago and donated a million bucks to the school system. Thank you, Chance. From Devendra's new record, Ma, let's check out the track, Taking a Page. Deep inside your heart, staring at the sky, calling out the shapes, clouds make as they pass by. And first they thank you by pulling out your tongue. Then you apologize for being where you're from. But I could hear That's a fantastic track from a fantastic record. And this is a fantastic talk. These two get into a lot here. We hear about all things cars. Allison growing up around them, painting with remote control cars, the exact model that Devendra calls the Crocs of cars, and their tales of driving on the wrong side of the street. Yeah, that one's a little scary. There's some scary stuff there. They also talk about skateboarding as a gateway drug to great music, which I think was true for a lot of people. They also get into the difficulties in being known for just one facet of your creative output. That's right. These are multifaceted people. Totally. And it's fun because they have different views on this. Allison also accidentally announces a very cool upcoming collaboration. They talk about the phrase, gleaming the cube. And the film, of course. Of course. And Josh, when we've got a Banhart and a Mossart, it only seems right and proper that they chop it up on a Beefheart. Captain Beefheart. Should we roll it? Yeah, man. Let's hear it. Okay. You made a book. It's really beautiful. Thank I really you. like it. Is this my copy? Yes. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. I have two things for you. Really? That I'm going to give you. Um, and I will mention that uh, I also make music and I made a record. It's coming out in a couple weeks. So that's a book of poems. That's for you. Awesome. If you run out of toilet paper, there you go. No, and then this is the crystals. I think it's, these are not the crystals, but something else that you might really appreciate. Just being on the road, you know, you can't have oh enough God, snacks. Oh my God, salted egg, brainless shrimp head. Uh, right? I mean... Your favorite. I'm so I've excited. I've missed a lot of birthdays and I needed to do it up. <laughs> Thank you for the book. You're welcome. Thank the you book for this. Really, I'm going to really, do these at the same time. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just they're exchangeable. They're both... Um, but yeah, uh, the book is really beautiful. Can people get the book? Mm. There's a couple, there's a couple, but it's going to come back out on Third Man. Third Man have a book publishing company. And cool. so I wanted it to be uh, available 
for as long as it needs to be available. So I'm going to re-release it with them and then do a special edition. I think that's like all chrome and has like pull-out tire track paintings and stuff like that. So I'm working on that. Well, I wanted to ask you about the tire track paintings. Actually, they're really beautiful. What are you using? I'm using a remote control car. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. You know, I started with when I got my car in Nashville, I was really excited and I just went like, I wanted to drive it. I wanted to make art with it. I wanted to film it. I wanted to photograph it. And then I had this idea just to, you know, drive my car through paint, which is really stupid because it's like a brand new, perfect car. And mm. I, but drive it through paint onto canvas or paper. And, um, a lot of people talked me out of it. Like, don't fuck up your car. Don't wow. do that. Those are not good friends. Cause it would so have been I great. needed either an old car that I could like mess up the hole underneath or that led me to like a tire store where I went and bought a bunch of used tires with different treads I liked and tried to do that. And it didn't work because there's no weight in the tire. It's like mm. I had my full body on it, trying to roll it. That was ugly. And then I found myself at Toys R Us pretty late at night looking, squeezing, squeezing all the like monster truck wheels and stuff and seeing oh what. My, this was, is, I love this story. It's <laughs> amazing. There you are trying to find, going through to- Toys R Us. Yeah. Just checking the touching all the, the wheels. density of the you, wheel. What's going to be the right wheel for mm-hmm. this piece? I love that. I have my favorite monster truck that I paint with all mm. the time. I mean, it's just brilliant. The whole thing is just like a paintball now with these just big tires on it. That's so cool. I love it. And then I have some other ones that I use by hand, you know, mm-hmm. that aren't sadly remote control, but they're nice for smaller things. It could be interesting also to do like if you drove a car... Instead of the crash test dummy, it's a canvas, and you fill the airbag with paint. So just drive into the canvas. You just drive, you just crash the car, and <laughs> it explodes. The paint explodes onto the canvas. You could just do the airbag without the car. And see what, but but we, it's fun we, to watch. That's a fun thing to see. <laughs> let's try to make this really complicated and expensive. Let's see what we can do, That's and let's really try to fun. do it inside the house. <laughs> yeah, it has to be indoors. <laughs> That's so cool. And so it'll be available soon, a, limit, a special limited edition and the, re- the regular one that we're going like to have. like before Christmas, like, you know, November, early December. Mm-hmm. I hope. Because it'd be exciting. Because I, I, I hate when people want, you know, like, want something and they can't have it that I've made. I would hate it to do a record and it would be like two copies and then no one could have it. I'm like, there's no point. It makes me feel really stressed out. Mm. So I'm really excited that I'm actually going to have a real book. That's great. Well, I've got a copy. You can't have it, though. <laughs> no one can have it. Really nice. It looks great. It looks great. Thanks. It looks great. It was a fucking nightmare. How long did this take? It took me one exact month to make it. One month? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. That's actually pretty fast. It was so fast. I didn't do anything but that. I got, like, really obsessed. And then that's it. And then I came out of the tunnel, and I was like, oh, shit, I got a book. <laughs> Amazing. It's um, fun. Now I want to make tons of them. The the work, though, spans how, how much time? The paintings themselves. How much time is there between the, the, the first piece done and then the last piece? I there? mean, there's stuff in there from like 2014. Yeah. Maybe or no, from when I was 14, not 2014. There is stuff from 2014. But like there's art. I kind of I had this idea to make this on a plane and I got home to Nashville and Literally that night, just started going through like all my old journals and everything. Yeah. So and, this pulls um, from the archives. It's not just one yeah. recent body of work. Yeah. So then I put it all together in that month and found all those things. I added things and then I wrote the whole thing because none of the writing was 
written. Oh, the writing is all new. Yeah. That's so funny. So as funny. I was kind of putting it all together, you know, like oh. finding these things and then writing bits to sort of tie it together. I kind of got the opposite impression because I feel like the, the, the subject and the theme to some degree, which we can say is this kind of, there's something very romantic and there's this, there's a car theme, clearly it's in mm-hmm. the title as well, but they're all unified. And the, the writing, it, it spans so many, there's like specific, it felt like, like what you write when you've been traveling the, the yeah. globe, because you've got different cities, different, there's so many different stories, but it's the opposite. It's work that starts when you're what, 14. Yeah. To now, and then the writing was the thing that just was all done kind of in one go. Yeah. Totally, I got the opposite impression, but that's actually really great. <laughs> that's amazing. That was um, the scariest part, the writing, because, you know, what, well, the discovery, the reason I made the book is because the discovery as I was trying to make something much smaller was that, oh my God, I've had the same taste since I was a little kid. Yeah. I've been like taking pictures of car crashes and cool cars and all of these things have always been themes, you know, and I started painting, I started painting cars and I don't know. I don't know why I'm so, well, I know I'm so obsessed with them. My dad's a used car dealer. Your dad is actually a used car dealer. Yes. And, and that is where this fascination with cars is born. I guess so. You know, I was just always around them. I mean, there's cars I hate and those would be in the driveway as well. Mm. But I've always loved the sound of them, the smell of them, you know, and like the artistry of them. Cars make you feel, I don't know, like there's like a kind of, you're like protected, Mm. but also like you can be a superhero or something in certain ones. Ooh, yeah, it's an exoskeleton, kind of. I also like the ones that have all different color panels and that are just like, you know, mad maxed out, Mm -hmm. that are kind of a disaster with duct tape and everything. Yes, I love a disastrous car too. I think those are just as pretty. Mm -hmm. I'm with you on that. What's the the worst car? Probably the Prius is my least favorite car. You'll take a PT Cruiser over a Prius? Yeah, you know why? Because I can hear it start. And I can hear when it goes oh, off. Right. You want to feel the car, the tactility, the well, tangible. Well, you just want to know that it's a car because I can't tell if a Prius is coming and it creeps me out. I see. But there's something admirable about the creepiness and the stealthiness of it. But you just Stealth run people over with that. Thing. They can't hear you coming. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say it's possible now asking you this question, I might take the PT Cruiser too. You would. Because it's aged <laughs> in the way that Crocs have aged. So the PT Cruiser is kind of the Croc of cars, and yeah. Crocs are, it's kind of fresh. Like, I'd be, if you showed up wearing Crocs, I'd be like, well, wow, it's pretty good. Because now is the time to wear Crocs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the Croc was just like, you could not possibly wear it. And then now I think it's pretty good. And if, if you were rolled up in a PT Cruiser, I might think, oh, that's pretty good. But that maybe is testament to you. Right. Anything you were driving, I think, oh, that's pretty cool. But the Prius is the one, okay. But so your car, your car is your favorite car. Mm-hmm. And it is, definitely. I don't know. Do you want to share what your car is? I don't feel like maybe... I can share. And, and you yeah. know, everyone is free to go out and buy one. It's fine. I don't work for Dodge. <laughs> they're, not, they're not paying me to say this. No, Dodge Challenger. I love it because I'm obsessed with that movie, Vanishing Point. Yeah, and that's the classic. movie. That's the car that they had in that classic. movie. So it's never going to stop for me. It's just that car. I'd like a 1971 one or a 70... That would be cool, but mm-hmm. um, I don't think they had air conditioning, so I'd have to rethink that. Oh yeah, that's you tough. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. What did they do? They just they just dealt with it. They just had People the windows down, man. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, for they me, they sweated a lot in the movie. They, he's sweating a lot. It's true. They did. <laughs> they really did. But, Almost or, every or, scene. Yeah, or acting. I mean, if you, yeah. I, uh, I get the thing where the film is the introduction to that kind of falling in love with 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 it. And I, I, anyways, did you go to art school? I did for a minute. Where? I went. I went basically enrolled in the art department at the University of Florida. Mm. And did all the classes that they had until I got down to like, I started from the top and then moved down. So I did fourth year classes first and ran out and did third year classes and started second year. Cause I, I didn't need to go to any of the introductory kind of stuff. And when I got to that point, I just went on tour and never came back basically. Mm. I loved it though. I loved school. I didn't yeah. have any problem with school. I've never heard anybody say I that. I really liked it. The you first know why? human being I've ever heard say that. Because I had tables and loads of space, and I had keys to the art yeah. department. And you can go to... Go I like to space. The, <laughs> go to the Home Depot. They have big tables. Yeah, no, there. it's different. <laughs> I really liked it. And I liked walking to school, and I liked making art all day. Yeah. And um, I hated, though, getting up at 7 to go to French class, because there were some other classes I had to take, and those didn't, you know, pan out so well. I would sleep through them all, and... You had French class at, mm-hmm. at art school. I guess that makes well, sense. It was kind of there was normal mm. normal stuff I had to do yeah. too. Not too much normal stuff. I think like two classes a semester. Do you speak fluent French? Not at all. Not a word. Okay. I cool. hated the class so much that I intentionally <laughs> forgot what I learned. Do you speak other languages? I've been learning Spanish for a couple of years. Have you written songs in other languages? No, I've sang a song in Spanish. What's the? Tell me the story about. But that. I didn't write it. What was the song and what was the context? Do you know the band Diamante Electrico? Mm, no. It's not out yet, so I'm probably like blowing the whole thing right now. Oh, um, well, but maybe maybe this is this will be out by the time that that's out. Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. Um, but they had... We can just change it to Shakira. I don't be fine. It was Shakira. Um, they had a bunch of people come and re-sing like all this stuff on their record. It was one of the scariest things I was sweating like Barry Newman in Vanishing Point, just like worrying about my accent and if anyone could understand me. It was really fun. I worked so hard on that. Wow, that's cool. I can't wait to hear that. Me too. Um, we could try it a little bit in Spanish. Oh man, I'll die. I'll get too nervous for being recorded. <laughs> Cuéntame más sobre los carros. <laughs> I don't, you know what? I don't know what you should get. You should just go out in the street and look mm. around and try to just feel what you like. Okay. Just walk into the middle of the street. Maybe just the freeway? Walk into the you mean, yeah, okay. Anywhere got it. where there's That's cars. Great, okay. Good, good. Thank you for that advice. Best just, advice just I ever got. <laughs> just walk into the freeway. Yeah. Done. <laughs> you know, I one time drove on the opposite side of the freeway. You know, really? Here? I was 16. My dad gave me his Volkswagen as my first car. And I had never really partied and smoked too much weed. And at this point I smoked a lot of weed and I got in the car and I started driving. And then suddenly all the lights started coming at me. I have a very similar experience. Amazing. I think, yeah, tell me yours. Well, first of all, did you get in an accident? I just, I just pulled over to the side. Amazing. And just took it in. I, I did not pull over to the side. No. But I wasn't on the highway. I was in Vero Beach where I grew up and I'd been in England for like a year or something. And I came back to visit my family and my dad lent me something similar to like a Yugo. 
You know mm. what those cars are? Yeah, yeah, I remember. It's the, like of course. The, it's like the 80s version of a smart car. Right, the Yugo. Wasn't that the Eastern European? That was like the car? You could not pick a smaller car. I mean, there is, it is like no car. It's a steering wheel and a tiny seat and then So you've got the Yugo. So okay, it's your so dad lent you. Lent me because, yeah. you know, he has cars. And got so cars. he was like, here, you can drive this one while you're here. Mm. Cool, thanks, dad. And I'd just, I'd been in England and I'd been recording with Jamie. We'd been making these like demo tapes. Mm-hmm. And I was all pumped, I was all excited. We didn't, we weren't even the kills yet. We were just starting. And I was driving the car down, well, downtown is definitely an overstatement. There's just a part of town that is got like five roads where lots mm-hmm. of things are. That's downtown. downtown Vero. Yeah. Vero. It's really, there's a post office. Um, but I was like rocking out, jamming out to my own music, Jamie. And um, he wasn't in the car, but. I was all excited and I just, I don't know, I just made a turn the wrong way onto a one-way street. But the problem, there was nothing, there was nobody there because it's Vero and there's nobody there. And I kept driving for a while until all of a sudden I started noticing that all the stoplights were backwards, Hmm. just black. I couldn't tell what was going on. I was like, what's wrong with the stoplights? Weird. And then where the freeway dumps off into the town is the next kind of curve I took and all of a sudden six lanes of traffic are coming straight at me and I couldn't get out of the way. And I hit a Cadillac on three sides and I ended up in the yard of a flower shop. The whole car that I was in was just smashed into like a little tiny, I mean, I was, I was fine. It was just me and my seat and the steering wheel that basically left. And I opened the door and I got out. There's like fluids and things going everywhere. And uh, the Cadillac I hit, I'll never oh. forget it. It was blue and it was driven by a shirtless older gentleman with jean shorts on. It was Dave Navarro. He was awesome. <laughs> and he was like, that's, that's... damn it. His wife had totaled that Cadillac oh. and he had just gotten it back from the shop. It was perfect. Like he'd had the whole oh, thing redone. Oh, that's amazing. Now that's karma. And I hit it on three sides and... Uh, he was just laughing. He didn't care. Oh, really? Well, that's amazing. He was no. so nice to me. What? Yeah. He that's was really crazy. sweet. I was really shaken up. And he Fuck. was. Was that your first accident? That's my only accident. Yeah. I think the only one. I hit, I hit a deer one time in a tour van with a trailer on the back and drove into a ditch. Oh, but that's, that's kind of more an like accident, just public service. More like, know, just like the nuisance. There's fucking deers everywhere. But you know, <laughs> when you get into an accident, you you do see the the kind of weird, not in, in beyond exoskeleton and the personality of the car, and you see it, it's bleeding. You're like, this is this creature being thing that's like hemorrhaging now. It really is like you <laughs> feel for it. You feel for this thing. That's I like, didn't feel for the Yugo though. Oh, I said. You know, I felt like the Yugo was on its way out already. Oh, really? You could put not it out have of been worth more than five hundred dollars at the yeah. time. I probably did it a favor. And your dad was pissed. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad, really bad. Used car dealers get a bad rap. <laughs> okay, so the book, the book is. Called Karma. That's why I tried. I thought I was making a hilarious joke, but it's um, spelled C A R and M A. It's in a way also the catalog for the show. Not really. Or not at all. No. I had done an art show right before that that had a lot of cars in it because it was kind of really, I did it, I painted it in LA and Mm. then showed it in the same gallery. And I was like, damn, I'm painting a lot of cars right now because I think I was just standing in the street a lot. I think that sort of like cued, like, well, why don't you do something car related? 
Mm-hmm. I thought there could be nothing easier. I but you've so been painting stuff. cars since you were 14. I have, but I've been painting all sorts of things. Oh, okay. You know, but there's this kind of common theme that runs through. When I was looking back, I was looking in, like, in journals from when I was like 10, mm-hmm. 11. I'm drawing cars. And when I first got a camera, that's what I'm taking pictures of. So it was really easy to grab up all these things and sort of lay them out and sort of try to tell the story, really. But the work in, at, in this art show... Some of it's in here. It's not all in here. Yeah, there's but maybe like five pieces or something from the art show in there. And, and the art show's done. It's not mm-hmm. up anymore. No. Is there an art show coming up? No. Right now, I haven't decided what I want to do next. Another book? I do want to do another book. There's because it's be like making a record, it. a book. It is. It's really fun. Well, right now I'm going to do a, I'm trying to record a spoken word. I hate the sound of my voice, so this is really interesting mm. for me. I, I, I don't know how I'm going to do it. It's going to end up being... You have a good voice. Thanks. You have a good voice. But I can't listen back to it without... You don't have to. I do, just to make sure I said the right stuff. And but don't listen <laughs> and, then, and then tell yourself it sounds great. And then yeah. You know, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of like kind of script stuff in there. So I want to play both characters with different sounds and stuff. And I was doing that last night and I was crying, laughing, just like weeping. It was so fun. Oh, that's amazing. So okay, I, great. So okay. that's going to be the fun you're part You're going to have to hear that then if you're going to do that. But that's wonderful and that's a challenge. That's a new thing. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. So you're, you, you, you go to art school, you actually really love it. But then um, you decide to go and, and, and make music, right? Yeah. And when you were deciding what to call the band before you settled on the kills. Yeah. Because that's what you were, you didn't have a band yet. You already had the recordings. No, no, no. We didn't have all the songs. We started as this band called Sonic States of America. It's pretty long. Sonic States of America. And that's you and Jamie. It's just me and Jamie. Who I've met Jamie uh, in yeah. passing through the years. Hey, what's up? Nice to meet you. Yeah. So we're best friends. Of course. And, uh, and so you're called the Sonic, the, or just Sonic States Sonic of America. Sonic States of America. And nobody really knew that, but that's where we recorded like maybe our first eight songs. And by recorded, I mean on like a cassette beat track. I mean, I and like that name. sounded great. And you decided that wasn't going to be the... How did you settle on the band name? I mean, I'm, here's the thing. I, I don't really know. I'm sure you get asked that all the time. I'm well, so sorry. Well, we had dueling typewriters on the ground. We literally sat in front of each other with a typewriter each. Mm-hmm. And we just typed and typed and typed and typed and typed and laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed and then would switch papers and look at and just make fun of each other That's intensely mm. until the kills was down on a piece of paper and that was the one mm. that we loved and we weren't pissing our pants over. Well, it's a good name. It's crazy that the name didn't exist before. You know what I mean? The history of music, I feel like that's... Yeah. It's hard to come up with a good band name. It's really hard. And you know what? There was really not too much of an internet when we named our band, so we couldn't even check. So I think we got lucky. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Or a lot of <laughs> bands that were named that right before, you know what I mean? You got them. <laughs> um, I remember being really surprised and, and really impressed and happy to hear on that first record and I was just starting out. I, was, I think my first record came around that same time, but I was already obsessed and my, if you ask me top 10 records of all time, one of them is Safe as Milk. And you yeah. do, I think, drop out Boogie, Boogie yeah. on that first record. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Captain Vifar. What a great record. Oh my God. I mean, but he's the greatest painter safe of as all milk, time. One of the, exactly. My favorite painter. Somebody who is truly an interdisciplinary artist. Mm-hmm. 
And I wonder if you felt the same thing I felt, which is that, you know, I'm, I'm making music and then suddenly I'm at the same time, always since the beginning, I'm showing artwork and I'm working on, yeah. on, on visual work. But it was, there was that stigma still. Oh yeah, you're, you know, you're a musician, you can't really do art. It was crazy to me that that existed yeah. and still does. I feel like it doesn't, it doesn't. I don't, I don't know. I think I don't care. I feel the same I way. I don't care at but all. Other, so but it's that, shocking that it exists. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. I think I can hear it. I can hear it when I have a show. I can hear people say, it's like, you know, of course I'm going to be referred to as the person that everyone knows me. The thing I've done so long and everybody knows me by. So it's Allison from The Kills or The Dead Weather that's doing the painting show. But I don't mind because that's the truth. You know, it is what I've been doing this whole time yeah. and everyone's been, I've been painting the whole time too, but I didn't start showing work until, I don't know, like six years ago. So mm. I didn't expect anyone to know about it. I guess I get what you're saying. I like that. It's like that kind of, what other people say about me is none of my business. Like who cares really, what you think? I'm just doing my thing. Yeah. And if you want to call me that thing or that thing. I, I like that. I appreciate that. I just, um, are he, my heroes, at least and it sounds like ours. If, for example, we're going to talk about Tom Van Vliet. It's just... Do you think it almost, happened to him? I bet it did. I'm sure it happened to him. But, I mean, but it's like who we're taking cues from. They're just, you know, you're just working on in, in, in any medium that you want to. Yeah, whatever is exciting to you, you're just doing it. And you're doing all of it all the time because you just have to. It feels good. And, you know, people are going to latch on to like, they're going to think of you as a painter. They're going to think of you as a musician. They're going to fight with each other. Let them do that. It's fine. I guess you're so right. Like, who gives a <laughs> shit what anybody... Yeah. It's true. It's true. I, I really like that. I think I did spend some time kind of, no, but I, I'm not just this one thing. And then you're right. Once you, who cares? You're just like, yeah. fine. You just keep doing your thing. That's all that really matters. It's way more interesting to be a whole bunch of things. Absolutely. But also, you know, if you just want to play one, like, note... Actually, speaking of it, that's infamously... Captain Beefheart, after years and years, and maybe I'm sure you know this story, after years and years of not playing, he plays, he's maybe the only human being who could get away with this. The one note show. He gets, people oh, yeah. are waiting and he gets, and he just hits that one note, attack, decay, <laughs> walks off stage. I mean, that's only, very few people who get away with that. Maybe just that. Maybe just that one time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... It's called Vero, Florida? Vero. Vero. Yeah. Vero Beach? Yeah. Who was your team pop idol? Did you have one? What was the closest thing to a teen pop idol? Who are you going to paste all over your, your bedroom wall? God. And make it embarrassing. Um, let me think. Definitely Tony Hawk was all over my bedroom wall. Mm, yeah, Tony. Especially, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I watched Gleaming the Cube. I was uh, just about to ask you about Gleaming the Cube. Embarrassing how much. So Christian Slater gets thrown in there too. Are you kidding me? Yeah, of course, Christian. Yeah. That scene where his friend lives in a sewer. I was just going to say that. I'm like, that just blew my mind. (laughs) It was was like. Didn't you want to live in a sewer? And then of course. to have dreams. (laughs) Ugh. So cool. I think about that all the time. When he's skating in that abandoned warehouse and the dust is like, because he's like just skating on his own to just get it out. Yeah, that's a real 80s moment right there. I mean, Gleaming the Cube. What a fucking great title. It's a great title. And I think we should start incorporating that into our normal... Like, what are you doing this weekend? Gleaming the Cube. I'm just going to gleam the cube. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just going to do a little cube gleaming. What about you? How many cubes did you glean oh, this weekend? It's like, keep up. <laughs> All-time record, 482. Let's talk about skateboarding. Well, I wasn't very good. 
But here's the thing about skateboarding. I loved it. I loved it so much. I loved skateboard graphics. Mm. I loved uh, when I was really little, like before I was allowed to have a skateboard, um, five, six, you know, I would go next door. There was a these high school boys that lived next door and they built a half pipe and it was just like the single greatest thing I could ever dream of having mm. near my house just to witness. And I would go always sneak over there and sit and watch them skate and sit right next to the boom box and just listen mm. intently to everything that they were playing. And that's really how I found out about music. And skateboard graphics really got me into wanting to draw because I was obsessed with all of it. I mean, Thrasher at that time was like some next level shit. I wanted to order every sticker and every t-shirt and you know, that was my Teen Bop mm. magazine. Oh, was so that stuff. And of course, after millions of times of asking, they would, but they'd never tell me what was on it. So still to this day, I have these moments where someone's mm. playing like some 80s punk band or something. And I'd be like, wait, wait, why do I know that? It's totally from one of those tapes. Like I would never know. <laughs> it's great to have those little moments. You had a more real, tangible experience w making that kind of building that bridge between skateboarding and, and, and music and the discovery of music because you're physically there in a half pipe listening to a boombox that's playing music that skaters are listening to yeah. while skating, right? Yeah. And were you skating with them? I wasn't at that age, but I eventually did. Mm. Um, I skated until I was like 13, mm. something like that, until I really started going on tour all the time. And then I just, I just became very pale and, you know, lived in a van and slept on floors. And that was my mm. skateboarding days were over, coinciding nicely with like not physically being able to handle go out in the sun suddenly. I like see. right at that age, I just couldn't go outside anymore. Yeah, I see, I see. So I had to give up my, my sporty side, just went right out the window. Is it gone still? It's gone. It's yeah. fully gone? Yeah, it makes me sick. Oh, wow. The fact that it's gone makes you sick or going out and doing some sports makes you going sick? Going in the sun makes me sick. Going in the sun. Yeah. I see. Well, there's, you know. But that's okay. You could always night. I do like the night nighttime swim. better. Yeah. Yeah. And it's safer for me. I see what you mean. Yeah. Okay. So well, I picked the right career, yeah. I feel. You know? Oh, yeah, that's right. But what I was trying to say is that for me, the introduction was through skate videos. So for you, you oh. had the physical thing. You're there. You're actually yeah. hearing it, what people are actually listening to. I just had the skate video because I grew up in, in Caracas, Venezuela, and yeah. that was this a form of, of currency. The one kid that has this, the, the, the Powell video. Yeah. You know, these, I mean, it was in Florida too. Trust me. It was like You found that. someone that had those videos. <sighs> You're no the one king ever left their house. Or the queen. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's true. It was like, the, that's how you get all your pointers, what to wear, what to uh -huh. listen to. But it was the coolest thing. How to cut your hair. Totally. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and, but gleaming the cube, now that I think about it, I mean, the way he combs his, the way he rubs, it's a whole t the kind of generation of actors that were like, I mean, maybe the apex was, was River Phoenix. Just the way he yeah. just put his hands through his hair. Wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Speed out Oscar for that. Like best be hand through the hair. Yeah. But Christian Slater was really good at it too. Um, <laughs> well, let me ask you about your new record. When is that coming out? Uh, You're going to tell me it already came out. Something it's like been that. out a couple of years <laughs> and I, I kind of quit music. You're done. Uh, yeah. You're like, never again. <laughs> Worst idea. Um, I love that video. The one that's completely the, um, surreal is so cool. One Night in Bangkok or, mm, or, uh, or November did. Rain? 
Those are the, the only two in videos November I ever made. Rain. I loved that one. I know. It's, that's, so it's cool. like, how did Slash get in that church? I don't know. It's tiny. Yeah. How did he fit? How did all those people fit in that church? Hmm. I still think about that video because the way he kisses his bride to be, he like really shows the tongue and it freaked me out. I was like, you know, 12. Fuck, this is gnarly. These people are crazy. Americans, you know. Like, but what a world. It's been an honor gleaming the cube with you. It's been so much fun gleaming the cube. We gleamed it. It It's so gleaming. It's gleaming right now. (laughs) Devendra Banhart, Allison Mossart, thank you so much for joining us here on the Talk House podcast. Listeners, we have a very cute picture of the two at this recording session on our socials. That's at Talk House across the board. And you get to see Allison's car. It's very cool. Today's talk was engineered at Electrovox Studios in Los Angeles by Michael Harris and at Hook and Fade in Bushwick, Brooklyn by Mark Yoshizumi, who's also our co-producer. Thanks, Mark. Listeners, if you missed last week's episode, definitely make sure to check that out. That was the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, Brian Wilson in conversation with the zombies. Yeah, it was a great big round table. Al Jardine was there as well too. A lot of history in one room for sure some pretty amazingly talented individuals there. If you all enjoyed today's episode, definitely check out the last time DeVenture came on the show. He was speaking with Tim Kinsella of Joan of Arc. And for any of you who are in the Las Vegas area or who are flying in for Life is Beautiful Fest, TalkHouse is curating some very cool conversations that you can actually attend live. Make sure to head over to TalkHouse.com and click on the events tab for that info. As always, the TalkHouse theme was composed and performed by The Range. Till next week, I'm Elia Einhorn. I'm Josh Modell. Peace. And drive on the right side of the road. Definitely. I, but I, <laughs> this is actually a real thing. I actually really mean this, okay? Okay. What milk do you think has the most protein? Oh, shit. Great question. I know you get asked this all the time. On the edge of their seats. <laughs> <laughs>